Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain violent and sexual acts against men, women, and children. They are of a heinous nature and not to be taken lightly. If such things offend you, please do not listen any further. This podcast is not here to accuse anybody or to make any accusations. This is simply my opinion or the opinion of others that come on this podcast and in no way, shape, or form making any accusations whatsoever. Please understand that moving forward. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the host of a Man Apart podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing survivor experiences one story at a time. I cover rape, pedophilia, domestic violence, the troubled teen industry, cold case murders, as well as prison and military stories from survivors of many different heinous traumas on here. I also have solo episodes where I commentate on cases that I've studied or found across my table, as well as one-on-one interviews with survivors where they tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly side of the trauma world. This podcast is not made for anybody with a weak stomach or a faint heart. This podcast will make you question not only your faith, but the system as well that's designed to protect children, men and women in not only this country, but also around the world. If you want to know what it's like for a survivor to go through what they went through on a much more personable level, then this is the podcast for you. I don't let religion or politics, race, or sexuality create a barrier between me and anybody else who's a survivor on this podcast to come here and share their experiences. You'll find a wide array and a vast diversity of people that come onto this podcast because I think it's important to allow people from all different walks and ways and backgrounds of life to share their perspective onto this podcast so that we can learn from one another. This podcast is raw, it's gritty, dark, but also full of light, happiness, and joy. Because that is the good and the bad and the ugly of the trauma world. There's growth, and there's despair, there's healing, there's also hurt. So thank you for coming on to this podcast. Thank you for clicking on to listen. Thank you for coming here to support the survivor that you want to listen to. And I hope you get to listen to the rest of the stories. And I can't wait to see what's next in the future. Disclaimer. As per the terms of service and guidelines for Spotify and any other major podcast platforms rules, I, Jeremy, of A Man Apart Podcast, do not advocate vigilante justice in any way, shape, or form whatsoever publicly. I do not encourage any others to pursue vigilante justice in any way shape or form as per the rules of spotify and any other major listening platform that this podcast is on thank you have a good day hey everybody this is jeremy with the man apart podcast this is going to be episode 89 titled married to a survivor A husband's perspective. So, as some of y'all know that have been listening to the podcast now, especially lately, 
I've told people privately, and I've said it on the podcast, that I'm married to a survivor. My wife, Ainsley, she is a survivor of a very brutal rape. Very brutal rape. And it stuck with me for a long time. I mean, damn near since the start of our relationship. And if you're curious as to what I would do to the man that raped her, I would suggest going to listen to Raised by the Devil Part 4. Because that's been on my mind for going on 14 fucking years now. What I've wanted to do to this man. I wouldn't even call him a man. Fuck him. He's a lesser male. But I didn't always handle this situation correctly. And I failed as a husband many times. And did not give my wife the proper love and support that she really needed a lot of times. Because I was ignorant. Because I was naive. Because I didn't know how serious, just how fucking deep, rape and pedophilia, domestic violence, haunts a person, sticks with a person, stays with a person. And what, how triggers affect somebody, how, you know, certain smells, certain songs certain foods, certain events, certain objects can trigger an emotional state of panic and fear. And with also mixing in my childhood and being told to fucking toughen it up, get the fuck over it, you know, don't cry, give you something to cry about type of upbringing I had, I didn't know how to properly support a rape survivor. That's no excuse. And as I've gotten to know more, I've gotten to be better at it. You know, it's just this... When you're young and you're ignorant, while it's not an excuse, I think the main point I want to say is is that if you don't know how deep this is and you're failing as a husband, to support your wife. You know, I get, there's reasons behind it. I know. And I've talked to a few different survivors who are married to husbands that have had issues with them supporting them. And I try to give them perspectives from like my point of view as a man, right? Because a man's point of view, this is what a lot of women fail to realize about men. You know, we, I don't think they fail to realize, but I think they just don't understand the, the positions we're in, right? It's not that we don't care. It's not that we don't love y'all. It's not that we don't want to support y'all. We just don't know how to do it in our capacity. Meaning, we have that provider-protector role that we that we fulfill. That we're trained societally to fulfill. Or, or maybe it's innate within us. I don't fucking know. But in man culture, and men, it's our duty to provide and protect y'all. But when you have something like trauma, trauma is like an enemy. We can't fucking kill. We can't tackle. We can't grasp. We can't 
We can't take it down. We can't stop the pain. Just like depression, right? Nobody can, you know, you can't happy your way out of depression. Same way you can't, you know, get over an emotional triggering response. And the problem with men is, is that, like me, like myself, and I'm really talking about my own self, is I didn't know how to fucking tackle this enemy. I didn't know how to give my wife love and support. And I felt like a failure all the time. And when you feel like a failure, you internalize anger and you become outwardly angry. And so then she thinks I'm angry at her for being triggered when in fact I'm angry at myself for feeling like I'm a failure. For not being able to protect her and not being able to give her, you know, a feeling of safety and love and all these other different things. And because men don't know how to fucking emotionally regulate themselves. You know, because I I don't, I didn't. You know, we don't know how to communicate that with y'all. And it's a it's a very as much as it hurts y'all, it hurts us just as much because we're not gonna tell you how much pain we're feeling about it. And we feel like we're failures. We're not gonna be able to communicate that with you. And I feel like that's for a lot of husbands who are married to survivors. They just can't fucking take away your pain. And they don't know how else to help you. You know, and again, it's sitting down with your husbands and communicating with them and letting them know that just because you're going through this doesn't mean that they're a failure as a husband towards you. And that, in fact, a great thing to tell your husbands or your spouse or even just your spouses. I shouldn't be just inclusive to just hetero marriages I should say to spouses in general but mainly because this is for you know men I would say tell that you know spouse in your life you know that you are there that they are your support that they're your rock that they feel safe around you and that they and that you're feeling vulnerable and that you're that that you feel safe enough to be vulnerable with that person that does help that does change perspectives and tell them what you need please communicate what the fuck you need whether it be a hug or just somebody to listen and let them know do I am I always successful when my wife is triggered or when my wife goes into an emotional state because of her trauma and everything no I'm not always successful those of you that talk to me off off the podcast on the phone and everything y'all might think I'm just this great superiorly emotionally intelligent being and I'm not I fail all the time just like any other man does the only difference is is that I want to learn and I want to continue to learn and please don't go comparing me to your husbands or don't go or don't don't use me as a litmus for your husbands to be better or anything like that I don't want to be used as a standard like that because I fail to you know comparison is the thief of joy y'all so please don't compare me or, or, or don't don't compare your husbands to me or anything like that or your spouses to me please don't do that not only does that Am I not the right example? <laughs> but at the same time, that makes a husband feel even more like a worthless piece of shit. 
Why can't you be more like that? I remember my mom telling me that shit all the time. Why can't I be good, better, good like this kid or good like that kid? And I always felt like a piece of shit for it. It's the same thing. It's the same concept, y'all. But I want to dig into the brutality of my wife's rape as well. Because I think it's important to know her story. And it's been something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but goddamn, man, it fucking hurts to tell it. I, um, I get angry. I'm crying, trying to fight tears now. Because, um, man, to say I want to kill that piece of shit, that's an understatement. Because for those of you that know my wife, you know that she's just a fucking goddamn angel man she's just fucking sweet as can be happy go lucky blissfully fucking just happy almost annoyingly happy you know and just the sweetest person that would just make everybody in the room smile so for her to be brutally raped by some piece of shit and the way he raped her it makes me fucking angry. It makes me feel the rage. And it's like a rage that I have every fucking day. Every day I think about this motherfucker. Every day I think about the shit I want to do to this motherfucker. Every day I think about... Just give me that chance. A week in a fucking cabin with him. Like, so it's a lot, you know. Um, it's easier for me to listen to people that I know off the internet, or uh, that I know that, that I might know off of social media or something like that, than it is for somebody like my own wife. Because there's years into, into that marriage, there's years into that relationship, there's time put in with that, and. It, you know, like when you know him so damn well, it hurts even more. Especially when she's just a good person. Just the sweetest down, down to earth can be kind of person to be around. It just hurts even worse, you know. My wife didn't, you know, party too much or anything like that. Barely partied at all, I think. Pretty much she was a square. I mean, that's what it was, you know. She didn't do drugs. She wasn't doing gangster shit like I was when I, you know, when I was running around, being a fucking hoodlum. She wasn't going around trying to sell drugs or, you know, do all kind of stupid dumb shit like I did. She was just, all in all, a good kid. You know, a good teenager, a good young adult. You know, just just a good woman, right? She goes on a date with this guy, her rapist. And I remember her telling me, you know, that she was seeing all her other friends having relationships, uh, you know, and everything like that, and things were going good for them. And, you know, she's got to a point in her age where she just wanted to lose her virginity, right? She's like, ah. So... 
She goes on a date with this guy. Things go good. Goes back to his place. She then, you know, says, yeah, I want to have sex. And then before it got too deep into it, too hot and heavy, she says no. Changed her mind. He didn't take no for a fucking answer. And in the course of, you know, getting to his house and leading up to the precipice of this rape, he showed her, you know, his gun and his knife and shit like that. They start making out. She eventually says, no, I don't want to do this. He pursues further, which goes from being consensual to sexual assault. She says, no, no, stop. And he just proceeds to take his gun and his knife and puts the knife to her throat and the gun in her panties. And um, then he rapes her. And he sodomizes her. She gets up. When it's done, goes home. Didn't tell anybody for at least a week or two, I think, if I remember all this correctly. Because every time we talk about the story, I fucking end up in tears. So I don't listen to it a whole lot. Because I just get fucking full of rage. But eventually, you know, she she stopped going to class at the college from Baton Rouge. And she starts skipping a whole semester of fucking school. And she shuts down and shit's, you know, fucked up. Mom wanted to know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, my mother-in-law was like, what the hell? Ainsley eventually tells her. And she felt a lot of shame. She didn't pursue any criminal charges because she didn't want to go in front of a whole group of strangers in a courtroom and tell them the most horrific fucking thing she endured and be judged for it be considered a slut or a whore be vulnerable in front of all these strangers and everybody knowing what happened to her so this man for about 15 years now is wandering around the Baton Rouge area scot fucking free the only reason he's alive is because my wife deems it so. That's it, y'all. That's the only reason I'm not sitting in Angola or, you know, being shot by the cops. Because my wife deemed it so. <laughs> because I promise you, as a husband, somebody that loves my wife that motherfucker would not live to see another sunrise that rapist piece of shit shouldn't be breathing 
for what he did to my wife. For the fear that she lives with. For the triggers and emotional responses she gets. There's things in life she can't even fucking enjoy, y'all. Because of this piece of shit. There's shit that he did to her and gave to her that I can't even fucking talk about publicly. I can only give you the cliff notes. <sighs> Sorry. Like, I'm just... <sighs> I fight back a lot of fucking tears and anger right now. Because that's my wife, man. And here I come about a year later. I come into the picture. And we get about two months into our relationship. And then she tells me this. My ignorant fucking dumbass. She tells me this shit. And man, I don't know what to fucking do. I don't know how to react to it. I'm freaked out by it. I think my initial response though was like, because this is how fucked up I was. I was going through relationships. She wanted to talk, right? Like when a woman tells you, "Let's, uh, you know, we need to talk." At the beginning of a relationship, it's usually a breakup for me. Like I don't know about the rest of y'all, but for me, it was always a breakup whenever I heard that shit. And we live like forty miles apart from each other, <laughs> so I drove all the way to fuck out there. To, to Denham Springs and being like we need to talk I'm like man and I start acting like a fucking jackass right off the bat y'all I start going you know if you wanted to break up with me and everything like that you could have just fucking called me and told me that I didn't have to waste all my gas coming all the way over here and then driving all the way to fuck back home that's just fucking rude I said I said like to that effect I remember saying like most of most of that, but I think it was to that effect. Yeah, I didn't think I said that's fucking rude, but I was like, you didn't have to waste all my time and everything like that. You could just told me over the phone. She's like, no, 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 no. I was like, you ain't breaking up with me. She's like, no, I'm not breaking up with you. I got some important stuff to. T-. I said, oh okay. Hey, see, that was my like trauma response, right? That was my abandonment issue response. I just would fucking take all the emotion out of the, out of, the, out of the, the situation and just prepare for the inevitable, you know, rejection, right? But no, that's not what happened. Then she proceeds to tell me this story. And, you know, she was crying, bawling her eyes out because she had two other boyfriends prior. And she told that sort, you know, she told them what happened to her. And they just fucking yeeted out. They fucking left. They just said, nope, we're done. Pieces of shit. Ungentlemanly pieces of shit. And it was more reasons than just that. And just, you know, bums. No job, no car, living with mama, playing video games, didn't ain't doing shit with your life. Bums. Alright? I was like the like the bar was set so fucking low that I just I, I crushed it every fucking time because what did I do? I go pull up, pick her up at her house. I open the fucking car door for her. I pay for the dinner. You know. I'm polite, gentlemanly. Believe it or not, folks, I can be a gentleman. You know, I can really be a distinguished gentleman. Had good manners. 
slightly cocky is what she said on our first date she said our first date that I was slight, I was kind of cocky and I was of this mindset you had to be confident so I didn't know like I was just being a fucking confident fucking shit you know but I digress you know these boyfriends that she had they left and so I come in the picture she tells me all this stuff and I just look at her and I said well I ain't gonna leave you because of what happened to you and what you got I'm gonna leave you the only way I'm gonna leave you is if you treat me like a piece of shit and you do me wrong you know rest we can work out and I gave her a hug and I and I remember going to my general foreman that was a tree trimmer at the time my GF I remember the next day I was sitting in his truck I had to talk to him because me and him were kind of close we were kind of cool and he was older so I kind of looked at him for some wisdom time to time and I, and I got him in the truck and I, I told him what happened I told him the story and I said man I don't know what to fucking do I don't know how to handle that you know he goes well do you love this girl and I'm like I mean we've been dating for a couple months I mean I don't know I mean, it could could lead to, to marriage it could lead to you know a good relationship but I don't know and he said well think about what you want in life see if it's worth it and sure enough you know all these years later I'm married you know 13 14 years later I'm I'm married now you know so obviously y'all know what I fucking decided but yeah my perspective I I feel anger at the person that raped my wife I feel hostility and rage toward that person as if I wanted to just rip their arms out of their sockets type of rage gouge their eyes out with my thumbs kind of rage like just intense anger and hatred and I feel like I'm a piece of shit because I can't you know soak up my wife's pain so she can just truly be a happy person when she goes through those horrible moments those triggers you know and I I think all husbands fail in this aspect when married to a survivor I don't really know a lot of survivor husbands or the husbands that are uh, of survivors that are you know crushing it right I'm not going to say they're doing a horrible job I think when we all starting out and like I think like I say I think it's a, I think it's a someone our culture and a man thing like we're not taught to regulate our emotions we don't have these conversations we don't talk about you know rape and pedophilia because that's not something you do you know in polite society and you know you know it's not something you openly talk about well because we don't openly talk about it when you have people that have been raped or been you know sexually assaulted as children and everything they grow up with those traumas and those triggers and you don't teach men on how to recognize that shit and how to properly support somebody you have a bunch of ignorant ass shit getting said to these people and they feel fucking invalidated and they feel isolated they feel like they like nobody gives a fuck about them and nobody supports them and that ain't the fucking and that really ain't the truth because men do fucking care we do care ladies we do fucking care spouses we do care 
it's just learning how to how to support you is our biggest obstacle and if you don't tell us or teach us we won't fucking know now it also takes the willingness to learn too so if you're a husband and you're not willing to learn I can't fucking help you I mean I I can lead you to the fucking water but you gotta fucking drink Bubba you gotta fucking drink that water I can draw you to crayons and everything make you the map I can use the crayons to draw a map but you gotta you gotta take the paces and find the X you know what I mean like you gotta fucking do the legwork too you gotta be willing to do it you gotta be willing to understand that you know your spouse went through some horrible ass shit and that sometimes they ain't you know they're not mad at you they're just mad at the world and you just gotta sit there and take it and look I fail miserably all the fucking time it's not being a failure that, that that's gonna hold you back it's not even fucking attempting it's what's, it's what's gonna be used against you not even making the attempt make an attempt you know make some kind of effort to show that you care. Because people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Right? Like that saying goes. That saying has stuck with me all my life. So make some effort in showing you care. And I, I don't know. It could be little things. But make some type of effort. It's important and it matters. And all I can say to the husbands or spouses I, you know I know different dynamics now in this day and age I'm trying to be inclusive to all of y'all like I said previously just love your spouse just love your wife Lo- love that survivor in your life right hug them just embrace them tell them if they're special and if they mean something to you you know I fail at that too sometimes I sometimes get wrapped up in my job, in my podcast, in my own thoughts. And I forget to tell my wife sometimes, like every day I love her, you know, like I I do. I fucking fail. Miserably. And so you just gotta you just gotta make a consistent effort every fucking day. You just got to. You gotta keep it on your mind. And my wife don't let up. If I forget to give her a kiss, you know, goodbye in the morning because I'm busy fucking running around like a chicken with my head cut off going to work you know she'll call me later on and say oh, did you forget something did you forget to do something today and I'm like sometimes I'll instantly know and sometimes I'll be like oh fuck what did I forget did I leave the fucking stove on like you know or did I leave a you know a freezer door open or some shit fuck what did I forget to do did I leave a dog outside you know like what, what, what did I do and then she's like you didn't give me a kiss Good morning. I was like, oh, you're right. So, you know, there's things like that. I don't know. Um, I don't have all the answers, y'all. I can just give you a perspective. Give you a perspective on what I feel and what I go through. And that's it. And that's all I can do for you. I uh, I just want to close out by saying this, though. Is that um, I know it's hard. To see your spouse suffer, to see your to see the the survivor in your life suffer, and I know it's a 
very heavy thing because you want to give all your love and all your protection and just wrap your arms around that person and make it feel, you know, make it all right and feel better. It's like depression. You can't happy your way out of depression. You got to ride that fucking train sometimes. Same way with trauma. The only difference is, is what are you going to do and react to it? Right? And that's why I leave with you. Well, um, I'm not going to do any announcements this episode. And in fact, I think future episodes, if you want to get any announcements about the podcast, you're going to have to get on the TikTok channel and do that. Um, intros and outros are going to be lessened. I did get some good positive feedback. And so I'm going to be shortening my intros way fucking shorter. And I did realize that I do ramble on a, a whole hell of a lot more than I, than I did previously thought. Um, yeah, 15 minute, 18 minute, 12 minute intros. No, it's going to be about maybe five minutes or two minutes or less. Probably two minutes or less is what I'm going to end up doing. So we just get to the meat and potatoes. Because you already got at least five minutes worth of this podcast of intros and trigger warnings and all kind of shit. So, yeah. Look, y'all. I love you. Be safe. Take care. Protect all children even if they're not your own. And remember that the bowmen see. And the bowmen never forget. Much love. We must carry on. Never violate a woman, nor harm a child. Do not lie, cheat, or steal. These things are for lesser men. Protect the weak from the evil strong. And do not let thoughts of gain lead you into the pursuit of evil. The Iron Code.